1: Minnow provides meaningful screen time and shared experiences for families to help you grow in your faith together. Check them out at podcast.gomeno.com. That's podcast.g-o-m-i-n-n-o.com.
2: Welcome back. We are really glad to be with you guys and especially glad because we have our friend Jonathan Pitts with us.
1: Jonathan Pitts is an author, speaker, and the executive pastor at Church of the City in Franklin, Tennessee. He previously served as the executive director at the Urban Alternative, the national ministry of Dr. Tony Evans. Jonathan has co authored two books alongside his late wife, Winter Pitts. He is also president and co founder of For Girls Like You Ministries, an equipping and resourcing ministry for tween girls and their parents. Jonathan is the father of four daughters and was blessed with 15 intentional years of marriage to winter.
2: As we're talking about intentional parenting this season, it felt so easy and important and natural to get Jonathan to get you on here because I think watching your journey of intentionally parenting these girls since I have known you has been, gosh, a tremendous gift to me. and humbling. And I just think I have had so much awe about how you've loved these kids through this season y'all have been in. And so I'm just really grateful to get to have your voice on here. And I think even before what you all have been through, I think you were already knocking it out of the park as a dad. But just for you to get to share just different parts of your journey and who you are as a dad and how you're loving these kids with intentionality. I just am
3: very excited
2: we talked about having your girls on with you, which would have been a blast, and we might not have kept the roof on the daystar house.
3: <laughs> that would have outed me. And as my, it would all automatically share that intentionality doesn't mean perfection. <laughs> it just means purposeful.
2: Which is a great <laughs> statement. I love that we're leading there. Yeah.
3: Well, I'm glad to be on. Just really excited to talk with you guys. And you both have met the world to me in this journey, and this place has met the world to me in this journey. Just who you guys are, what you do, it's been really important to me and my confidence and me and just gratitude for all that God's done over these last couple of years.
2: So will you tell us just a little bit about your story of parenting? and?
3: Yeah. So I'll kinds? try to tell it as fast as I can. I got married when I was 23 years old to a beautiful woman named Winter, fell in love, had our first daughter, had our second daughter, and then we had our third and fourth at the same time twins. Our, my girls are Alina, Caitlin, Cameron, and Olivia. Awesome marriage, awesome friendship, my wife and I, not only were we parenting, but we were doing ministry kind of in the parenting and girls' world because my wife has a magazine called For Girls Like You and then also published a bunch of books and resources. We did a parenting book together. And so we were just on this journey, love and life, and moved from Dallas to Nashville in July of 2018. And we had just celebrated our 15-year anniversary and went back to Dallas just for a week of my last week of work there before coming to Nashville to pastor. And it would be there that winter would suddenly... And without any warning on our side she passed away her heart would stop and she would what i like to say is that she would just kind of slowly glide into the kingdom of god while we all on the other side were in complete trauma so god allowed her to come home and our 14 year old girl at that time i think caitlin was 11 and then the twins were nine all lost their mom alina lost what i would say would be her best friend because they did ministry together too and traveled together and spoke together and did all this stuff together and so The best day of winter's life was the hardest day of our lives is Mm. how I like to think about it. And so for two years and four months now, I've been on this journey of not only, I don't know, grief journey myself and then helping my girls grieve well, which I think is actually the hardest part being a widowed dad is helping your kids grieve well. So anyway, it's been really beautiful. God's been really kind and generous and we've seen miracles along the way, uh, winters, all of the things that she was doing for the kingdom of God that are still going on. Mm-hmm. And so it's fun to be a part of stewarding that. Super exhausting, but it's been, been a big part of my kind of healing journey, I would say. And so it's where we find ourselves now. A new life. I, I'm probably at the point now where I feel like I would say I've grieved as much as I'm going to grieve, but I'm sitting with two counselors right now. So <laughs> <laughs> you probably be shaking your head like this idiot. <laughs> but no. I think I've come into like a new place of acceptance, I guess. And winter's kind of taken a different position in my life, like I would say like she was my wife, and now she is fully the bride of Christ, and I've been able to like kind of release her and let her go. That's mm-hmm. the kind of imagery I have in my head, so anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, it's crazy journey, wouldn't have asked for it. I'd give it all back, yeah but but I'm here, and i'm yeah. I'm actually really thankful for where I'm right now, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm.
2: and we got to speak at an event with winter, was it like? 10 years ago, probably a Dot Mom event. I think it was. Which was when we met her, both of us, for the first time. I was thinking the other day, we were on Priscilla's show.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. The chat? Yes.
2: And, of course, Priscilla was just peppering... David, with all questions about boys because of her (laughs) voice. And she said, I have a cousin who has all girls. I remember her specifically saying this, and and I have questions for her. And so I think Winter had given her questions to ask me, which was the first time we heard of her. And then we got to meet her at that event. And then she and our friend Courtney DeFeo had a podcast, and I got to be their first guest talking about girls. You were the first guest. I was the
3: first guest. Yes.
2: Yes. And so I feel like we had this history before we ever even got to Mm. meet you.
3: Yeah. And that's what's been really beautiful that God's done in my family's life is just in so many different ways. Like I was all my way up here just praying, thank God for his kindness. Like he's been kind to put things like resources in front of us that we knew not of in places we'd never been, which is really beautiful. Mm. So I'm driving, coming up to Nashville, looking over the hill and just seeing the city and just remembering God's kindness with resource and people and relationships that... I didn't ask for it. I didn't. I didn't even think we were coming to Nashville until a couple months before Winter passed away, and we knew God was calling us here. So it's just been really neat and beautiful to watch, just how all that's happened. It's been really hard. <laughs> it's been around you know right. sixty more than most. It's been really hard, <laughs> but um, we're in a good place. Yeah,
2: and you have some amazing girls.
3: I do have some amazing yeah, girls. Yes. Strong girls, beautiful yes. girls, four very different girls, and yes. they're all really beautiful. Yeah.
1: I was thinking back on that day and meeting her and thinking on meeting you for the first time and remembering in both those encounters, just being taken with you both, I think, Mm -hmm. as people are when they meet you both, and the same with your girls. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. It's just so fun that we get to talk about them today.
2: I just love, Jonathan, I feel like I may cry through this whole thing, but I love you talking about God's kindness, and I think we talk so much about kids being resilient, and that's part of the way he works. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I feel like just the story of you getting here and being at Daystar. And like, I remember the first thing, Courtney called me, we had been on that podcast and Winter specifically was asking a lot of questions Mm -hmm. about one of your girls and said, I wish I could get my girls there. Mm -hmm. And then I remember Courtney called me in the middle of the night, I think after she found out and I didn't answer. And it was a morning, Hopetown was starting and so wow. we met our staff here, and I got the message after I woke up and was so shaken and just devastated for you all. And I kept thinking, I wish so badly I could get my hands on this girls. I wish <laughs> I could help those girls. And had no idea that you already owned a house in Nashville, yeah. and you were coming. And and just all of that, Like I think, gosh, whoever is listening out there that is in the middle of Tragedy and feeling like, where is God in this? Like, what a picture of how he was at this redemptive work, which obviously Daystar is a very small piece of in your all's lives, but all the things, like you're Mm -hmm. saying, all the places that you have seen his kindness in the midst of the heartache and that it doesn't take away the heartache and it doesn't mean you wouldn't trade it, but it is so true still.
3: Yeah. So I just was driving here, and a woman that called me that I've known for many years, haven't talked to her in probably 10 years. She still had my cell phone number, but she's a pastor's wife in Pennsylvania and her son was on a mission trip in Dominican Republic and got sick and died. And she just called me. She was just Googling grief and saw something with Tony Evans. And that came to a video that was talking about my wife. She didn't know my wife died. So she just found out, just called me. I prayed over her, and we talked for a while, and then I just shared the scripture, The Angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and He rescues them mm-hmm. and I would say that scripture is the just the underbelly of my entire faith right now, and yeah. just watching God because i didn't like, when we moved here i wasn't even that confident to move from Dallas to Nashville. We were leaving winter's family who I worked with, I was super loyal, and winter was confident knew we were supposed to come and I think us buying a house and getting our girls in school and me accepting my job were keys to us moving on in our journey that mm. I wouldn't have been comfortable doing had I not already done those things. Yes. And so, it's like, so I, I always kind of say that it's like Winter signed off on everything so that I could just be confident just to to yeah. walk in it and stay in it. And it's been, if we would have stayed in Dallas, we would have had a great support system with the Evans family, but it would have been different. And I would have never been able to look at them just as family as opposed to like family slash work and the convolution. Is that a word? Convolution of all that. So it's just been really beautiful to watch how God has encamped around us, put us in really beautiful places to allow us to receive his kindness, his mercy, his grace. And I when I was praying with this lady on the phone, that's what I prayed. I already know that God's doing that for you. Mm. I know that you fear him. I know that you love him. He's already mm. doing that. Like he's already mm. setting it up for your three granddaughters that haven't even seen their dad's body yet, because mm. he's still gone. You know, it's just like. Unbelievable. Can so. you say
2: that verse one more time?
3: The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he rescues them. I'm mm-hmm. trying to remember the reference. Mm-hmm. It's in Psalms. 34-7, I believe. We are so thrilled
1: to be partnering with our friends at Minnow to bring back the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. We all know that devices are here to stay. So if you want to make screen time meaningful for your kids, Minnow is for you. A new streaming service designed just for kids— Minnow has over 2,000 episodes of fun and faith-filled shows that have been carefully curated by moms, dads, and church leaders, so it's safe for your family. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.gominnow.com to start your free trial. David,
0: did you get your taxes finished?
1: <laughs>
0: what did you say?
1: <laughs>
0: what are you eating?
1: Okay, I am obsessed with these new Chipotle barbecue kettle chips. Will you share? I would have, but they are all gone.
0: Where did you get them?
1: Thrive Market.
0: Uh, How much do we love Thrive Market?
1: I could record an entire podcast about that topic.
0: You know who else loves Thrive Market? Patches. She loves the surf and turf meaty
1: littles from The Honest Kitchen. I love that Patches has a surf and turf situation going on.
0: (laughs) From pets to kids to grown-ups, everyone can find things they love at Thrive.
1: Thrive Market is my go-to for all my grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to my doorstep is a huge time saver.
0: I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and I can use their on-site filters to suit my lifestyle needs.
1: Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks.
0: And as a Thrive Market member, I save money on every single grocery order. On average, I save over 30% each time. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of my favorite brands. David, how much did you save on your last order?
1: I saved $32.
0: I saved over $12.67.
1: How much did Patches save?
0: (laughs) A lot. She's ordering more than I am.
1: You got me hooked on ordering frozen foods. I got salmon, bacon, and pork this month.
0: Something else I love is when you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give.
1: I love that too. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rbg for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift.
0: That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rbg. Thrive slash rbg.
1: I feel like the very first question I even wanted to ask you, you are already starting to answer and telling your story. But what does intentional parenting mean to you?
3: Yeah, I, you know, I always say like it's one thing to have good intentions; it's another thing to be intentional. Like good intentions are just these ideas of what we want to do. Mm. We're being intentional is actually putting our feet to the pavement of doing the things that we know we are supposed to do. So for me, you know, the thing I'm really grateful for when Winter passed away is that I didn't just start being an intentional parent, but I was already, I think the essence of intentional parenting is really just being relational with your kids. Mm -hmm. Um, It looks different for every kid because your kids are different. So it's spending time with them the way they need to have time spent with them. It's communicating with them the way they want to communicate with you. It's like understanding where they are and where you are and trying to kind of close the gap on that. That's through discipline, that's through encouragement, that's through love, that's through lots of different ways. I remember actually um, Alina, before we moved here, she was probably 13 years old and she was telling me, she said, can we take a walk? And I said, yeah, so we're walking together. And she said, hey, dad, you know how like some of the girls in my class don't have really good relationships with their dad? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, well, I don't want to be like that. I want to have a good relationship with you. And I was like, I want to have a good relationship with you too. And then she went on to tell me about this boy that she liked, which was funny. But um, (laughs) the point of the story is I remember... Just the fact that she was comfortable even having that conversation oh, with me. Oh, that yes. she
2: would say, Dad, will you go for a yeah. walk with me? How many yes. 13-year-old girls would never say that to their dad? That
3: was huge for me. Yes. And it's it's almost like even now with all we're walking through, the thing I needed to hold on to are those small moments where I get glimpses that right. my kids want to be with me. They want to spend time with me. Yes. And they want to do that because they know I want to do that with them. And that's, that's what I've really tried to do is just be intentional about engaging them, purposefully getting in their space, even when it's uncomfortable. I think it's James Dobson has this quote about like when your girl's start pulling away, pull them closer. You know, mm. I'm sure it's the same with boys. You think about the resistance as a point of clarity that you actually need to draw near, you know, as mm. opposed to just like sitting back. So yes. I think it's just, I think it's pursuing them relationally would be my answer to that. Okay.
2: And you, you know, this is kind of dangerous to be sitting with me, but you intentionally take each of them on dates, right? I do. Yeah, it's or expensive. Take them on it's an
3: expensive hobby. But, yeah. Will uh,
2: you talk a little bit about that, how you do that?
3: Yeah. You know, I I started it really early on with my girls, like just taking them on daddy daughter dates and different ways. Sometimes nice restaurants, sometimes literally to home Depot. Like it could just be anything. It's not, it doesn't have to be super extravagant. It doesn't have to be expensive. So I would do that with each of my girls and it's been, yeah, I mean years of doing that. And now it's at a point now where they'll ask me like, daddy, when's my next date? Mm. And so sometimes I get backed up and I have to do them all four like in one week, which gonna <laughs> be an expensive <laughs> week. But it's, yeah, it's just a time to be with them. I just had one with my oldest daughter this week, and they're not always all that fun either. They're just normal, but it's time together. You get to hear their heart. They get to hear your heart. And typically, I always leave encouraged by something that I hear or something that we share. But I'm glad that I didn't wait to engage my girls then, because when winter passed away, like the most critical thing that we had was relationship. So yeah, made it made just a tad investment. bit easier, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What would you say is your biggest challenge with being intentional as a parent?
3: Distraction. Distraction by good things, distraction by, I wouldn't say any bad things. I don't have any like addictions or anything, but things that shouldn't be taking precedent in my life. Like for me, work can be one. I'm an Enneagram three, like I'm a driver achiever. So like I, there's always something I could be doing. And so the the biggest distraction for me is all the different things I've going on in my life that can be a distraction. Choosing my own fulfillment over them. So I'm a golfer. I love golfing. So thankfully in my job now, I have Fridays off. And so they're in school typically on Fridays. so I can golf when they're in schools, but like things like that, but it's just distractions. And it's, thank God, not bad things in my life right now, but it's, it's too much of some things in my life that pull my time away. For me recently... I don't know, I was really extroverted and I think with losing winter, I went way internal. And so, like, even now, like I like to spend time in my bedroom and I read a lot more. And so I can find myself just disengaged or podcasting, like reading or podcasting. Like again, like good things, but things that get in the way of me just walking in the room and just sitting down on the floor and just asking them how about their day. So yeah. that'd probably be it. The thing that I've tried to do is put in some pretty good routines of again intentional things, like the dinner table. Like our dinner table is sacred. We're always together at the dinner table. I try at least four nights a week, if not more than that.
2: That's awesome.
3: Yeah, but then even like the daddy dates, and then we spend mornings together. We pray together in the morning. So I try to put intentional things in that keep me even when I'm busy engaging them. Like after dinner, we'll typically have this storybook Bible that we read. That they're always like, "Oh my gosh, not again." <laughs> and they, we were like four hundred stories in, and they're still saying, "Oh my gosh, not again." But it's been it's it's actually a really beautiful thing we do at our table that I don't know just engages them. And it's funny because you don't always have to be going, how's your heart? Like, how are you just be with them and do things. And so, but distractions are the the main thing that keep me from being intentional.
2: You know, one of the things that I love the most out of all the things that I love that you're saying, I think often dads, especially once girls get to the age that they start rejecting you a lot, I think I sit with a lot of dads who end up being intimidated and Mm -hmm. hurt, and so not pressing forward with girls. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things I hear you saying is it doesn't matter. That they say, ah, not again about the storybook Bible, and you just keep moving forward. And that feels so important. I just love
3: that you're... Well, it's easier said than done because I would say... I've got four girls, and some of them are more intimidating than others. And it, it <laughs> it's, guess. it's actually really wounding. It can be wounding. And so yes. you do want to draw away, and it can be easy to draw away. And to just feel... I mean, that's so funny. I've never thought that word, but that's exactly what it can be. It can be really intimidating. Mm. Yeah, you got to just press through. I, the only reason I do is because I know it in the end. I know cognitively that it makes sense, even when I don't feel it. It can be really difficult.
2: And eventually... You see the payoff. That's what I hear. I see that. You may not hear it, but I see the payoff in your relationship with your girls. Yeah,
3: and I see it too. When you're in it, it can feel really hard. And that's why you have to hold on to the little, like I'll see little payoffs and I have to hold on to those. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was
1: curious for dads listening, is there anything intentional you've learned specific to parenting girls?
3: One of the things I've learned is that they're all different. I don't know, there are some things maybe that is just girl, but like my girls are so different, mm-hmm. how they communicate, how they interact, how they love me, how I love them. They're all very different. And so they're all custom-made, I guess. Mm. Girls are custom-made. Yes, that's, what that's I say. so true. <laughs> great. So great. great. Yeah. I mean, even like insensitivities and my girls are all very different. I love that.
2: Are you saying insensitivities or insensitive? Insensitivities? Can be both, but I was saying
3: in okay. their sensitivities. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Okay. So if you had to back up and say two or three guiding principles for you as a parent, Mm -hmm. what would you say?
3: I think the first would be, be intentional. The second would be, own your story, own your life. There's a quote by a guy named Kurt Thompson, which you guys probably know of Kurt. But Mm. I remember sitting at a conference and him saying, to the degree that a parent— can make sense of their story is to the degree that a child can be secure in theirs. Mm. And I heard that at a time Mm. when I was trying to make sense of my story. And I had seen fruit of me owning my story, making a difference in my daughter's lives. So I would say, yeah, own your story. Like, own it fully, which is not just like be who you are. It's like grow in who you are. Third, I would say, know who you are in Christ, because you can't grow who you are if you don't know who you are in Christ. So if you're not intentionally seeking out a relationship with the Lord, if you're not intentionally grounding yourself, then how can you ever help ground them? And then fourth, I would say, and this is the one I struggle with the most, is have fun. Mm. It's really hard. Parenting is hard. Parenting and grief is really hard. Yes, I always say, and this is probably not true, but this is how I define grief, I define grief as unmet expectations that we're working through. So whether it's the mm. loss of a loved one or the loss of a job or a wayward child or whatever the thing might be, like you're dealing with the fact that you had an expectation of one thing that isn't the case. And so that can make it not fun because you can easily dwell on all the things, you know? Right. So there's a verse, Philippians 4 8, whatever is true, right? Honorable, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, dwell on these things, think on these things. It would be called the discipline of celebration. Like just choose to celebrate, choose to see mm-hmm. what's true, right, honorable, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Like if you can think on those things, then you can kind of make sense of all that's happening, even in difficulty, and you can find joy in that. Like there's always something I can find joy in if I'm willing to look for it and not just think about things that are untrue or things that are not worthy of thinking of or this, all the sad things. I'm not saying like deny what you feel, but there's always something you can feel when you actually find truth. And so- yeah, I would say discipline yourself to celebrate kind of as the fourth one.
2: Mm, I love this.
1: What is an intentional practice you've done recently? And it could be specific to parenting or it could be any aspect of your life.
3: There's a book by a guy named Leighton Ford called The Attentive Life. And I would say this year, my theme for 2020 has been paying attention. His book's called The Attentive Life. Yeah. And so for me, paying attention to what's happening, like what paying attention to what's happening in my heart, paying attention to what's happening with my girls. He says, the practice of paying attention helps you see God in all things and all things in God. And so it's like this practice of like really just like just being eyes wide open to what's happening. And that's good, that's bad. Like it's all the things, like understanding what's happening. And so I've really been just trying to pay attention and paying attention oftentimes it forces me to slow down, forces me to contemplate in ways I wouldn't contemplate. I'm just a get it done kind of guy. So I forced myself to slow down and pay attention to all that's happening around me. And it's also allowed me to slow down in in ways where I just, I've gotten a little more patient. So like there are things, and maybe it's just been, I turned 40 this year too, but maybe a part of that is just, knowing that I don't have to solve all my problems today. I don't have to get everything done today. But I don't know. Just, I'm just really trying to pay attention to all that God's doing in my life and my girls and, and not miss anything because I'm trying to get to some future whatever, you know. So, yeah, paying attention and slowing down are probably the two things I've really tried to do this year. Thank you.
2: So as you're paying attention with them, what would you say your girls have been teaching you lately?
3: <sighs> yeah, I mean, as I've been paying attention— I think I've just learned more and more how human I am, you know, for a lot of my life I felt, I wouldn't say I felt superhuman, but I think it's been easy for me to dismiss the areas of my life that I need to be working on. And so paying attention has shown me how dismissive I can be or how grumpy I could be or how lacking in focus I can be when they're talking to me. Cause I'm seeing more of how they're responding to, to me and engaging them more in conversations that allow them to speak into our relationship, which is super vulnerable and, super hard at times because my girls are not afraid to tell you exactly how they feel. And some of them have more tact than others. (laughs) So So it's, uh, yeah, it's been super confrontive. Like for me as a 40-year-old man that thinks he has his stuff together that realizes he's got more work to do. Mm. Well,
1: here's where we want to end. Okay. Some would say that we have a mild obsession with tacos. Mm -hmm. Some would say it's more (laughs) than a mild obsession, but we want to know what your favorite kind of taco is.
3: Well, I have to start because my girls would hate me if I didn't say this, but we actually don't believe you can find good tacos in Tennessee. So first I would say those tacos would be in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry to all you Tennessee And many people. would agree. Uh, yes, yes, I get it. <laughs> I found some good tacos here, but um, favorite taco, there's a place called Lupe Tortillas and mm. they started in Houston and now they have a couple in Dallas. Lupe Tortillas, best Mexican in the, my favorite Tex-Mex in the world.
2: What do you get there?
3: Well, I actually normally get their beef quesadillas are awesome. Ooh. But I mean, their tacos are great. Their, everything there is great. But their beef, I don't know where they get it. I mean, obviously, they get it in Texas. But <laughs> there's also a gas station in Dallas called Fuel City, which is known for like the best tacos in the country. It's been like on these lists for like best tacos. Really? And it's just literally like a Fuel gas station. City. Just south we'll of downtown. Next time you're there, Next go. time,
2: yes. Thank you.
1: We're making notes. Yes. <laughs> there <laughs> you so. go. And those of you who live in Texas or if you're
3: traveling that direction, you're welcome for those recommendations. <laughs> Thank you.
2: Jonathan, it's just so good to sit down with you and get to hear your heart. It is.
3: It's always going to be with you guys. You guys give me confidence in who I am as a dad and a man, and I'm really grateful. Grateful for Daystar. Grateful for your ministry. Grateful that I don't have to raise my girls alone. Mm. Yeah.
2: Well, honored to be in it with you.
3: Grateful to know you. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. The Raising Boys and Girls
1: podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow helps you make screen time meaningful for your family, which shows kids love, and values parents' trust. Check them out at podcast.gomeno.com. That's podcast.goMinno.com.
2: It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.